If I'm truly honest with myself, I've noticed over the past six Novembers as a priest that I don't really like this time of year very much. It's not because I don't like Thanksgiving. I do. It's not because I don't like five inches of snow in six days. I don't mind it. The reason is every year in mid-November, we're given these gospel readings like today that are nearly impossible to preach on, that seem so irrelevant and so far-fetched. And so I've decided next year, the deacons are preaching this weekend. (laughs) I'm done with it. I'm going to give them a shot. So let's give it a shot tonight. Today's the last, excuse me, today's the second to last Sunday of ordinary time of the church year. Next Sunday is the last Sunday of our church year with Christ the King Sunday, followed by the next Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, beginning our new church, our new liturgical year. And every year on this second to last Sunday of the year, we're given these readings that have a kind of doomsday, end of the world feel to them. And if we're not careful, we can dismiss them very quickly as being, like I mentioned, far-fetched or irrelevant. What helps us understand a reading like this tonight is making sure that we understand the context in which Jesus said these words to the disciples. So a bit on the context, and I think you'll find it helpful. Jesus is saying the words in this evening's gospel at a very specific time to a very specific group of people. He's not just offering these words to the disciples in general. He's offering them to four specific disciples, actually four apostles, Peter and Andrew, James and John, the two sets of brothers who are apostles. And he's saying these words to them, not on some generic day, but it happens to be Holy Week. It happens to be just a few days before Holy Thursday, the Last Supper, Good Friday, so on and so forth. So now that we understand the placement of these words, it's also helpful to know where he's saying these words. Jesus is saying this evening's gospel on the Mount of Olives, the very place where in a few days he would be betrayed and arrested and eventually condemned to death. The very place where these four men would eventually run like heck to get away from him because they don't want what's happening to him to happen to them. So there they are sitting on the Mount of Olives and he is pointing out to them the temple. The temple in Jerusalem just across the valley from the Mount of Olives. And he's essentially saying to them, Do you see this big, magnificent temple that is the center of our faith as Jews? There will be a day when that temple no longer exists. There will be a day when that temple is destroyed. There will be a day when that temple is ransacked. And we, of course, know that happens just decades later. But then, after pointing out the temple, in a sense predicting its destruction someday, Jesus starts saying some very odd things. He says, the sun and the moon will fall from the sky and be darkened. He says, stars will fall from the sky. 
And then he says that the Son of Man will appear in glory on a bank of clouds. If I was Peter and Andrew, James and John, and all of a sudden the one to whom I have given my life starts talking like that, I would say, okay, I'm done. He's lost it. So what is our Lord getting at when he's talking in this very striking and distracting and startling language? Everyone, what Jesus is getting at tonight is very simple. He's trying to instill in the apostles to have hope in times of trial. Our Lord, of course, knows the trials the apostles will go through in just a few days. And he is trying to instill them, in them, the virtue of hope that when all seems lost, when their world is about to be shaken and turned upside down, he is trying to instill in them the fact that they still need to trust him and follow him and have hope in him. That then begs this question, what makes the virtue of hope unique for us as Christians? Authentic Christian hope is making sure that our trust is placed in things that last. Authentic Christian hope is about making sure that our confidence is not in something that passes but in something that is lasting. That's what our Lord is trying to do in a gospel like this. To make sure that we have hope when all seems lost, when we go through trials, and when our world is shaken upside down. An authentic Christian hope is making sure that our hope is founded on those things that don't pass away but that our hope is founded on the one who never passes away, the one who is eternal, the one who is risen, the one we worship, the one we're about to receive, the one to whom you and I give our lives.